Thanks for listening to this episode of Begin, the podcast from Derbyshire Writing School. My name is Pete Billingham and my co-host is... Laura Stroud. Not only are we the founders of Derbyshire Writing School, but we're dad and daughter too. Do you want to be a writer and don't know where to begin? Well, we want to help you solve the problems and overcome the obstacles preventing you from being the writer you dream to be. There is a place for you in our club. Welcome to this episode of Begin, the podcast from Derbyshire Writing School. And we're back in the writer's room this week and we've got another guest in the hot seat. This week, we're very excited to introduce to you Charlotte Lunn. Charlotte, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Well, Charlotte is a published poet. She's a workshop facilitator and a bookseller. And after completing her creative writing degree at the University of Derby, she became the events coordinator at Scarthin Books. Did I pronounce that correctly? It's funny. Everybody pronounces it differently. Some people say Scarthin and some people say Scarthin. Um, but I think it's whatever you like is fine. Apart from that, she has regularly reviewed literature for BBC. Radio Derby. Now, Charlotte is well known and has performed across the Midlands, has been commissioned by a couple of people in Derbyshire, first Shuttle Hall and also Derwent Valley Mills World Heritage Site. Something that's very exciting is her debut poetry collection, Metamorphosis, is due for publication with Verb Poetry Press in this May. Charlotte, it sounds as if life is very exciting for you at the moment. It is very exciting, yes. Um, considering the pandemic, I've probably been at my busiest. That's wonderful to hear. That's wonderful to hear. And probably maybe doing things that you might not have considered doing if it wasn't for the pandemic. Absolutely. I mean, getting my book edited and sent off for submission was one of the main things that I did in the first lockdown. Well done you. That is incredible. Well, we, Laura and I, we are really grateful to have you on our podcast today. And we've got lots of interesting questions we want to ask you about poetry and also what we can learn as writers uh, that we could bring Uh, those skills into other writing that we're doing. So, Laura, over to you to say hello. I've been hogging the space so far. We have, yes. Hi, Charlotte. Hello. So nice to talk again. Um, And I'm really happy you're here um, for lots of reasons. But firstly, very excited to share um, our joint news that you are going to be joining the Derbyshire Writing School family and you are going to be a guest facilitator for us, delivering some incredible poetry workshops. So I'm really excited to not only welcome you to the podcast, but also to the, the family. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be working with you guys. It's going to be great fun. Did you tell Charlotte the condition? <laughs> what was that? That if I tell a dad joke, joke she has to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, we got that if one you don't, Yeah, you go because if you don't do that, you don't pass the interview. I'm sorry, Charlotte. Go for it. Go for the dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, we'll put the dad jokes to one side and we'll ask you some other questions to start off with. So just to start off with, I know and it's sometimes strange how we use words and you might think that people might know the answer to this, but how would you describe what what is poetry? 
It's such a good question, you know, and it's actually a really hard one to describe because poetry has just developed so much over time and changed so much. It's quite hard to actually give a definition. So I think the best way I would describe it would actually be to quote Samuel Taylor Coleridge. He said, prose are words in their best order and poetry are the best words in the best order. And I totally agree with that. I think that's perfect. What got you started with writing poetry? Why did you choose that as an avenue to start your writing? It's an interesting one, really. I think I attended my first poetry reading when I was about 10 and I went home feeling really excited and I was like, I want to be a poet as well. And I think I always knew I was a creative person because I used to draw quite a lot, but I wasn't sure what the best sort of outlet was for that creativity. Um, And I think it was just a really great way for me to express things that were hard to say as well. So in that sense, it's been really cathartic. And where did a 10-year-old go to a poetry reading? It's funny, you know, um, I used to go to church and my church put on sort of activity days on Saturdays where they'd invite a guest to come in and speak or sort of hold a lesson. And that's where the poet sort of attended. How interesting. And was that like something that you hadn't really engaged with poetry before then? Was that like something that you can distinctively remember a sort of line you crossed? It it was definitely. It was the first time I'd sort of come across poetry and I was just completely enthralled by it when um, the gentleman did a reading. Um, I'd love to be able to find the book. It must be in the attic somewhere. <laughs> how fascinating that that was such a a distinct time that you can remember that that was the the day almost that your your mind was opened up to poetry who I'm sure there are lots but who would be one of your most favorite poets oh it's definitely gonna have to be Sylvia Plath I would say she was and still is the absolute queen of imagery and that's just what makes her poets so vivid and so evocative and I just love her Oh, Charlotte, I'm so happy you're here because I'm I'm going to put it out there. I really I do not know much about poetry. Um, I'm very new to the poetry game um, and I just slowly started to love it and slowly started to understand the power that it has and how important it is too. So um, I'm going to ask you the next question for myself just as much um, as for somebody else. But How um, can someone who is completely new to poetry, how can they get started with writing poems? Yes, uh, brilliant question. It's it's one that I was sort of racking my brain about the other day and I was trying to remember back to when I started writing poetry. I think the best thing to do is before you even start the writing process is to read work by other poets. I think when you read work by other people, you can adopt techniques that you like in your own work and then in turn you do start to develop your own style and ideas. So I think that's a really good way to start. And of course, keeping a notebook on you at all times so you can jot down ideas and lines as well well for me poetry has been something um i've enjoyed in in seasons i suppose um you mentioned sylvia plather when i was they called me a mature student and i don't particularly enjoy that um tag but i was in my 30s when i went to university and part of what we did was still study some of the work of ted hughes and sylvia plath and some of it it was very interesting to me but some of it if i'm honest was very confusing um and um since then i, I you know mm. I've, I've read a few different poets but I, I think what 
I have learned is that there is something about even the way that you can put the words down on paper in the shape of those words uh, that adds something into writing that uh, other forms of writing doesn't. So if if you were going to give somebody like uh, some enthusiasm to get into writing because it could help them with other styles, what would it be? What would be the areas that you would say you can learn from poetry and you can take this knowledge and you can uh, apply it to the work, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, perhaps in a, in a more traditional sense of writing? I think poetry has so much to offer, like you've said, in the sense of applying it to other forms of writing. And I think going back to the quote that I used earlier, it's about using the best words. I think poetry teaches us to create without using extraneous words because every word must count and add meaning to the poem and that in turn makes us really great editors as well which is something that's really important in writing and I think it also reminds us to find balance as well in sort of finding accessibility but also not being obscure as well. So you must be a a lover of words then? I am a very big lover of words. What's your favourite word today of of all the words today that you've come across? Oh, I don't know if it's actually a real word. It's one that I use quite often, though. Fantabulous. Oh, that's a pretty good word, though, isn't it? <laughs> if it doesn't exist, it ought to exist, hasn't it? Ought to, definitely. <laughs> okay, so I'm back on to becoming a poet <laughs> um, and knowing how, how I can move forward with this. And I understand the importance of reading poems, and I'm definitely embracing that more. Um, I'm really enjoying it as I said but what I do struggle with is sometimes when I read a poem I want to know immediately what it means Mm -hmm. or more what the author wanted to convey Mm -hmm. with their meaning Um, so I suppose I wonder what advice you might have for when we do read poems should we be trying to interpret meaning or should we just take them at face value or, or should they mean something to us? How should we read a poem? <laughs> I think both, really. I think I think how it makes you feel is really important, but I think it is also nice to get a sort of deeper understanding of it as well. And I, I've had many conversations with other people who have said that they find poetry quite hard to understand and have asked ways to sort of get around it. So I think... Reading it a couple of times is probably the best place to start because you can gain so much more of a meaning on a second reading, I think. So that's a really good way to do it. But then it's also considering what the sort of the tone is of the poem, and then you can get an idea of what kind of emotion the poet's trying to convey, as well as also the punctuation, because that determines the pace of the poem. So you know what kind of emotions are coming out in that sense as well. But then the best way as well is to read poetry in groups because then you can all gain a mutual understanding through discussion and you can also connect with other like-minded people as well which is great yeah that's a lovely idea I remember when we were doing I I suppose it was probably the first time in my life that I'd been exposed to the analysis of poetry not necessarily reading it when I was at university and if I'm honest with you it used to drive me around the bend because the lecturers would say well what the poet is trying to say is this and I used to look and think where on earth did you get that from and how do you know what the poet was actually trying to convey and that was one of the things that frustrated me but I loved about poetry because there was like this sense I could get something 
may be completely different from the poem that was the that may have been intended, but that it was uh, enthralling or exciting or, or made me sad or whatever. And it might not have been what that particular poet was uh, considering. But that used to drive me a little a little bit crazy and like, oh, I'm sure the poet was meaning this. Well, how do you know what he? he or she was trying to employ at that moment. For me, it works because I got this from it and I like that. Do you find, I mean, this might not be a question we've thought about asking you, but do you find that sometimes your poetry helps people and they find it interesting, but in a completely different way than the words that you intended? Absolutely. I think um, I found this out when I was just going through the editing process with my book because I sent it off to five different poets to give me some feedback and they all came back with various sort of understandings of my poem and I was like, oh, that's really interesting and really exciting and I love that people can take different things from it and I think that's what makes reading a poem such an individual experience in a way. I think it does. And I think there's something inherently rich in that, that you can put some words down on paper and they're gone from you. They're out there in the world, but then they can be interpreted in so many ways for that person. And also, I think you could read the same poem at a different moment in your life and it could mean something again, completely different. Uh, when you're looking at um, people writing poetry, when people, you know, on some of your workshops or some of you've seen, what, what do you see as like common mistakes? What are the things that are stumbling blocks and, you know, the regular things that you see that maybe you could help somebody in telling them now, you know, to avoid those things? Absolutely, yes. Um, I think... Um structure is is quite a big issue so sometimes people will put poems into sort of blocks of text but won't consider stanzas or line breaks uh, which tend to aid the sort of fluency of the poem and make the images stand out a bit better that's quite a big one and then there's also things like punctuation being in the wrong places which make you sort of trip on your words a bit and then not really considering imagery and sometimes using cliches Laura is always accusing me of using cliches. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, Charlotte, if I'm telling the truth, she's probably right too. She's probably right too. I'm so, I'm not going to talk about cliches. I'm so, um, so interested to learn more about poetry because I'm captivated by how um, it does such a good job at using imagery and creating you know, these words on the page come to life and we really feel the emotions that that, that poet had. And mm. I'm really, really interested in learning to take that skill and put it into my fiction or into my nonfiction as well. And really, for me, that's what I'm doing with my investigation into poetry at the moment is to look at what I can learn from it and take it from that form and take all the wonderful parts of poetry and, and put it into, you know, the writing that I do. So... I'm really glad you're here and that we can talk about this because I think it's so interesting that what, whatever we write, um, we can learn from each other and we can take all Absolutely. of these different skills and improve what we do. I totally agree. 
Okay, Charlotte. So you've talked a tiny bit um, about your book and we've mentioned it in the opening, but I would love to know more about the process of how you got your book deal. What was that experience like for you? And also, you know, how can we help our listener if they're interested in in going through a similar process? Um, what advice would you give them from your experiences? Um, so in terms of the book deal itself, it was quite an unconventional process, actually. Um, I actually directly contacted um, Verve Poetry Press to tell them that I was working on a book and they initially advised me to show it to a handful of people that I trusted and receive some feedback first and then come back to them. By the time I'd actually finished doing that the submissions were open anyway so they asked me to submit in the usual way and that was by talking a little bit about my poetry journey as well and then I had to wait for the dreaded email that came back Um, but they came back to me within three days and they said that they had accepted my um, manuscript for publication so I was really excited about that. That's amazing congratulations. Thank you so much I think I had a little happy cry at the time as well. (laughs) Yeah I bet. I did I had a cry and then I had a dance and I like ran into the other room to go and tell my partner and I was like I've been accepted (laughs) we have an exclusive reading of a poem from her upcoming collection Charlotte we are so excited for this thank you so much for sharing this with us so I'm gonna pass it over to you this poem is called who are you today in front of this mirror I am faceless different masks hang on the wall I must choose one to wear for the rest of the day. A piece of scalp and jawbone are missing from one face. Another, its mouth cleaves to the side, an expression unable to bear much at all. I choose the last face, the one that is perfect, the one that has not yet been harmed, the one that is not really mine. So tell tell me, what is that poetry journey then? So from the 10-year-old who's sitting there suddenly in awe of this thing called poetry, how has your journey been to today where you're having a book published on poetry? I mean, that's amazing. An interesting story, I think. I... Yeah, so I had had the reading when I was 10. I carried on really enjoying writing, really loved English at school. And then when it came to finishing my A-levels, I originally decided that I wanted to do an English literature degree. But then I changed my mind last minute in the summer before. And I was like, actually, I want to be a writer. (laughs) So I switched to doing the creative writing course at Derby University and said... And that's where it really sort of started for me. I started developing my poetry more, meeting other poets, other writers. Um, And then I sort of carried on from there, started teaching my own workshops, started doing commissions and then just working towards building up a book, really. How does a commission work? You know, I talked about those commissions at the beginning that you'd done for a couple of organisations. How does that work? I think it depends on the person who's commissioning I think from my two experiences that I've had they've both been different so um, Shuttle Hall originally sort of reached out to um, the bookshop where I worked and they were sort of looking for poets to work with at the time and I sort of went back to them and I was like I'm a poet (laughs) I was like do you want to work with me this is my experience and it and it and it worked out it was fine they wanted to work together which was great and with the second commission um, it was uh, Derwent Valley Mills had actually contacted a poetry night in Derby, which was called She Speaks, and asked them to find female poets that they'd 
like to commission. So she speaks actually directly approached me and asked me if I'd like to be one of these commissioned poets. And I was like, yes, that would be wonderful. It's exciting to hear you speak with such enthusiasm and passion that this 10 year old now is like (laughs) a full time poet and you know i think that sounds so exciting that you know for for all of us that we have dreams and to see that i'm sure there's been an enormous amount of or what is it a fantabulous amount of work that has taken place between then and now but it's just very exciting to hear you speak about poetry to speak about this creative writing with such enthusiasm and passion Thank you. I love it so much. It's just it's just my life. I think I just breathe, sleep, eat poetry. <laughs> do you have sort of poetry books everywhere around? I do. They're not even on my shelves anymore. They're sort of spilling over onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> what would be one thing, if you could think of one thing that you wish you'd learned sooner about writing poetry, what would it be? Oh, I think a really good one would be wishing that I hadn't waited for inspiration but been actively exploring ideas. I think that's a really important one. Have you got an example that you could give us on that? Oh, I think just in terms of constantly writing down your ideas in notebooks, making sure that you're actually reading other poets' work, because I always feel inspired when I'm reading anyway, rather than just sort of sitting around and waiting for an idea to come. Where would you like to see you as a poet and what you're doing in terms of encouraging poetry in and around Derbyshire? What would you like to see the future looking like for you? Oh, that's a really exciting question. I think I would just, I would mainly love to continue writing, keep working on more books and just to be able to help others through poetry. That's something that's really important to me. So my current book is about sort of mental health trauma and recovery. And I'm really hoping that other people will find that relatable, that it'll make them feel less alone in what they're going through. And that's something that I try to portray in my workshops as well, because I'm running a lot of writing for wellbeing workshops at the moment and so I really care about sort of mental health and helping people in that sense. Sounds like poetry has just given you so much and I think you know almost shaped who you are as a person. Absolutely I would completely agree. It's wonderful to listen to your journey um, and we are so excited that you are going to be delivering some workshops for us and on behalf of us because we 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 love your passion and your enthusiasm and we can't wait to to share that with our listeners so next i have some very exciting quick fire questions for you and we ask these to all of our guests so are you ready for your quick fire questions go for it okay so number one what's the best writing advice you've ever received It sounds really simple, but I think the best writing advice I've ever received would just be it's important to get feedback on your work in order to develop it further. Yeah, that's so true. It's so it's so hard, though, sometimes, isn't it? You've got to put yourself out there and you don't know what you're going to get back. Um, But it's so true because that's how we can improve and that's how we can push forward. Absolutely. Okay, number two, what's a must read book that you'd recommend? This is such a hard one to answer because there's so many I could suggest. (laughs) Um, But I think I would pick Claire Knopf's The First 15 Lives of Harry August. This was a really interesting one because she explores the multiple lives of Harry August, who remembers everything each time but can choose to live differently 
as well. And she writes events and characters in such a succinct and deft way. And I think that's what really sort of engrosses you. It was the kind of book that I just tore through, but I didn't want to end. Yeah, you sold that to me. I'll <laughs> add that to my list of ever-grown books to read. Um, but that sounds really fascinating. Okay, number three. Um, what inspiration could you give to our listener? I would say persevere and work hard and you'll definitely achieve your dreams. I think that is the biggest one. Charlotte, if people are interested to find more of your poetry, to read some more of your work and to find out about the book Metamorphosis when it's been, when it's published, where can they do that? How can they get to know more about you? Oh, there's a few different avenues you can try. So you'll be able to find a lot more about me on Verve Poetry Press's website if you look them up online. And you can also find me on social media as Charlotte Lunn Poet. Charlotte, it's been lovely chatting with you today. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. We're very grateful for your time and for sharing a little bit of your life and some of your views on poetry for us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you, Charlotte. It's lovely to talk to you again. Hey, Laura, that was really interesting having the opportunity to talk about poetry, something we haven't done before here on the podcast. I know. I'm so excited to be working with Charlotte and for her to be part of the Derbyshire Writing School family because I know that I need to learn more about poetry and I know it's something that Charlotte can really help me with, help our listener with, and it's really going to add to Derbyshire Writing School for sure. So to end our podcast today, we would like to send some inspiration to you, our listener, and to ask you a question, but to inspire you too. So we would love to ask you, please, can you share some of your poetry with us here at the podcast? And we will, um, we will if you're happy to, we'll read it out on the podcast and we would love to share it with other listeners because as Charlotte said, it's really important to just keep going, put yourself out there and share your work. Thank you, Laura. So if people want to do that and want to get in touch with us, what's the best way for them to send us that information? You can send us an email at info at com, or you can get in touch with us on Instagram or Facebook at Derbyshire Writing School. And if you're listening to this podcast, we have the opportunity to to hear it at many different places. Now, you can hear it on Apple iTunes, you can hear it on Google Play, Amazon Music and even Spotify. And wherever it is you're choosing to listen to us today, we would ask you to do us a favour. Would you please? And you can even do it in poetry if you want to, to do a review and a rating for us. And uh, that just helps us so much here at the podcast to lift it uh, and for other people to have the opportunity to see it. So again this is bye from pete and it's bye from laura thanks for listening